Hello and welcome to episode 153 of Navigating the Modern World. Today we're going to talk about, we're going to kind of dive into some Buddhism because if you know me, you know that's what I love. Um, I have never in my life found anything that intrigues me inspires me as much as Buddhism and I'm kind of obsessed with it which I try to keep in check um, but I could just listen to it and think about it and write about it and talk about it all day every day Um, and so today we're going to talk about the three evils that are talked about in Buddhism and these three evils are kind of the three things that really keep us stuck in suffering. And I love thinking about these three evils. You know, and the wording is weird. You could you could tell you could call it like the three character traits of being human. <laughs> um, if evil has weird connotation for anybody. Also, I don't know if anybody has ever seen the movie What Dreams May Come, but I watched that movie last night. It has Robin Williams in it, and I literally sobbed the whole time. And that movie was one of my favorite movies when I was like in, I don't know, sixth grade, which to me is just really telling. It's like all about death and heaven and hell and rebirth. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is just like what I have liked my whole life. Anyway. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend, especially if you want to cry. Um, I love watching movies if I want to cry. It's probably like one of the things that gets me to tears quickest is like a sad movie. And I love that. I think that that's like a very skillful use of time. If you notice that you have emotion that wants to come out, but you can't get it out, like you want to cry, but you can't. Um film can off can often uh support you in that anyways okay the three evils so they they are greed ignorance and hatred greed ignorance and hatred so i'm going to talk about a little bit of like what they are because they kind of if there's only three evils i mean there's like a lot of things that we get caught up in as humans but it's kind of cool because i begin i've begun to kind of view my life through these three lenses like greed ignorance and hatred and noticing that when i'm suffering or i'm caught in some sort of uncomfortable feeling that often there is a twinge of one of these in it if it's not like full-blown greed or full-blown ignorance or you know whatever it might be and then i'm going to talk about three things that we can practice to support ourselves when these evils arise and we can support ourselves through these practices and what it does is it helps one it helps us recognize that this is what we're working with and then it allows us to kind of practice the opposite so we're going to start with greed i have done recordings about greed before because greed is one that I notice a lot in my life. Um, I notice it like greed over my time and energy. Notice it with food. Um, I notice it with money. 
And I also notice it with relationships. Like I think jealousy could be a form of greed. It's like wanting the partner all to yourself. It's kind of this greedy wanting, 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 wanting more and more and more. And another way that greed has been described is attachment. So being attached to something, being a certain way, um, being attached. So for me, like, I don't know, being attached to that my boyfriend is mine, right? There's like this attachment. Um, And there's greed. It's like, I want him all to myself. I don't want another girl uh, to get his inner, you know, his energy or his attention. I want it to be all mine. And it's something that causes a lot of suffering for a lot of people in relationship. And then food, you know, I notice for myself with greed with food is I just want more and more and more. It's almost like I'm like a chipmunk storing up for winter. It's like, you know, my instincts are like, ooh, ooh, more. Okay, more of this. I may never get this again, so I want more. You know, it's this like, it's almost this like animalistic collecting and wanting more and and not sharing and feeling greedy. And it's like a real thing with food for me. Um, And then money, it's kind of the same. Like I notice myself especially if i'm close with somebody like tallying like how much money i've spent on them and have they spent the same amount on me and um and it's just like this thing that can cause me to cycle in my brain to not be present and to suffer so that's kind of greed and you can just take a moment and think like Where in my life do I experience greed? Where in my life do I experience greed? Another really beautiful way that greed um, has been described, and I really, really love this, is for me. Like that's another way that in Buddhism it's described is like for me, this is for me, this is for me, this is for me. It's like... It's like this wanting something for yourself and not wanting to share it. Um, Sometimes for myself also, like I can be secretive. I do this with food. I really do. I I will sneak food. It's like I don't want anybody else to know, but I want it all for myself. Or, um, you know, I'm feeling emotional. And so I'm just greedily taking in all these calories and these, you know, these treats to really avoid my discomfort. And isn't that, you know, isn't that also like a form of greed? Is like trying to fill this hole instead of like being with the whole. Like, can we learn to be with our holes? These, you know, preconceived shortcomings, holes, uncomfortable places, insecurities, instead of trying to hoard or greedily um, fill those holes with whatever it may be, money, status, friendships, relationships, sex, like whatever, whatever way we're greedy. And maybe if you sit with the hole, you realize it's not a hole. And you realize that there is actually goodness here and enough here. 
greed can, um, we can also think of greed as like a scarcity mindset when we think there's not enough. So we try to, you know, hoard everything for ourselves, right? And so just think for a moment, where might I have greed? And try not to judge yourself. Just try to notice, like bring awareness, attention to the areas that you have greed. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's with your relationships. Maybe it's with your business. Maybe it's with food, like whatever it is. you're being gentle okay so how can we work with greed so one we can do what we just did we can notice when greed arises we can notice when we're feeling this greedy sensation this greedy way of being and we can just label it notice it oh greed's here okay greed's here interesting okay what's it like what does it feel like in the body what thoughts come with it what body sensations, what emotions come with greed? And really just begin to pay attention to the experience of greed. And then the number one practice that is suggested for greed is generosity. So there are a bunch of ways that we can be generous. And here's, here's the cue is I want to suggest that you can practice generosity at any time, anytime, anytime, anytime. Um, I will say there is another way that just popped in my head of how greed shows up for me and greed can show up for me as just overthinking. So it's the same thing, right? It's like hoarding all of these thoughts and thinking that if I think about it enough, then I'm going to figure it out. And, and then it just causes me so much suffering. That's also could be under ignorance too, which we'll talk to talk about in a second. Um, so just greedy with my thoughts and like, you know, just like not being generous at all, just being stuck in myself, trying to understand. And one way that I have noticed that that sensation goes away. So when I was living in Denver, what I would do is if I was caught in my head, I would often leave my house, I would get dressed, leave my house, and I would either go to the grocery store and buy a few things like bars and fruit or whatever, or a sandwich or, or I would walk toward where I knew that there were people who were maybe experiencing homelessness, and I would bring some cash with me. And I would just give to them, ask them what they needed, give it to them, or just give them cash or give them the bars that I bought, like, actively give and it always would switch my mood so that's like one obvious way of giving is like physical 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 another way to give is of our time and energy and the real key with giving is that we want to make sure that our intention is 
that we're giving without needing anything in return. And remember, we can also give to ourselves. We can give ourselves kind words. We can give ourselves um, self-care, love, attention. We can give to ourselves what we are needing as well. Um, I really heard, I heard this beautiful quote the other day that I just loved. Um, and it was talking about giving. And it was saying, another way that we often don't think about generosity is that it is actually generous to receive another person's generosity. So if someone is trying to say something kind to you, that it is actually an act of giving to actually receive that kindness, those kind words or that gift or whatever it is. So there's like a bunch of ways that we can give. Another really great way we can give is if let's say that we're, we're caught in something, we're suffering. We can just call the people we know and say, hey, do you guys need anything? Do you need me to help you with that house project? Do you need me to watch your kiddos for a few hours so you guys can go be together? Can you, you know, like how can you actively just create the experience of giving generosity, generosity, generosity? And sometimes it's giving to not take so much. Sometimes it's giving to not talk so much. Like sometimes for me, it's giving to myself when I'm getting food for dinner or something to not take as much food. That's actually the giving thing. It gives me and my partner leftovers the next day. It also is giving to my body. My body doesn't have to process so much. Like it's, there are a bunch of ways that we can practice generosity in moments. And so when you're noticing that you're having this greed, being generous can be the practice that negates, negates isn't really the word I want to use, um, just works with greed. Generosity can be the thing that really helps us move through greed and practice its opposite, this wholesome quality of giving, of being generous. Okay, so let's move to ignorance. I don't want this podcast to be too long. (laughs) Um, Okay, so ignorance. The The best way I love to just describe ignorance is is confusion. It's not knowing what's actually going on. Another way that they talk about ignorance in Buddhism is like forgetting the reality that we're interconnected. So anytime that we are acting like we are not connected to all things, then we're living in ignorance. Or every time we forget that everything is constantly changing and that everything is impermanent, then we're in ignorance, right? So sometimes when we're acting out greed, we're also acting out ignorance. Like they can often overlap, um, which is just a very normal thing, right? Like a lot of times things aren't black and white. There's like gray. We're experiencing different things at the same time, multiple things at the same time. So ignorance, what, how I like to really think about it is just 
like confusion, not knowing. Um, like, you know how I told you, I was like, I'll overthink a lot that often can be ignorance. Like I don't know the answer. I'm confused. I, you know, I don't, I'm not living in the reality, which is that in this present moment, everything is fine. That this way I'm feeling is going to change. That I'm connected with all beings. I'm not actually alone ever, right? And when we're in ignorance, we just are not connected to any of those truths. And so the, well, let's just take a moment. I want to take a moment and just acknowledge our ignorance. You know, we're not Buddhas. It's, it's nearly impossible for us to be connected to the truth every single second of every single day. Like that's why we're practicing. We're practicing remembering. We're practicing bringing ourselves back to our breath so that we can be in the present moment, so that we're not lost in the future or lost in the past. Like these truths, when we're not in the present moment, when we're not connected to this moment reality, this bigger reality, we're just lost in ignorance. And there's nothing bad about it. It's normal. Like the practice of meditation, right? You're breathing, you're breathing, you lose your breath, you're like caught in thought. And then you remember and you bring yourself back to your breath. In that moment, you're you're remembering and you're practicing mindfulness and you're bringing yourself back to the wiser place, which is the moment, the breath, this moment, this moment, this moment. The thing that you can actually control anything is right here, right here, right here, right here. Or like the Buddha says, you can only put the fire out where the fire is. So a lot of times when we're lost in thought or we're lost in suffering, we'll be like suffering over something that somebody said to us a week ago. And that's not, the fire is, you know, that happened a week ago. Now you're just literally, you know, the fire is our thoughts. The fire is the thing that keeps it alive. And that's the thing to attend to. And you can only attend to it if you know in present moment what's going on. And that's being out of ignorance. That's the step which, you know, the opposite of ignorance is wisdom. Practicing wisdom. Practicing reminding yourself of the truths. This will change. Because this will change, it's causing me suffering. It will cause me suffering. I can't cling to it. I can't hold on to it. It will come. It will go. You know, a lot of times greed too, um, I'm going to go back a little bit. You know, we cling to things. We we feel attachment to things because we want them to stay around forever. We want the relationship to stay forever. We want the money to stay forever. We want the feeling of joy that food gives us to stay forever. We, you know, we we want the feeling of love with our partner to stay forever. And we cling. We cling. That's the greediness. We cling to it, hoping that it will stay forever. And then it causes us suffering. And we cling, right? This clinging is because we forget that everything will change. Like if you're in a relationship, if anybody who's in a relationship or has been in a relationship that is listening to this podcast, which by the way, it is sunsetting right now and it is gorgeous. I don't know where you are, but maybe take a moment and pause and look outside because I'm sure it's beautiful wherever you are. Um, so the way to work with ignorance is to keep bringing yourself back 
to the present moment truth. This will change. I am connected to all things. I am a part of all things. That's why it matters how I am with all things, because I am all of these things. Taking deep breaths, this breath, I still have this breath. Breathing. When we reconnect with wisdom, we practice letting go of ignorance. And I think it's tough to remember some of these things in the present moment whenever you're caught in something. And that's why it really, really is important to practice meditation or have your practices so that you're connecting with wisdom, you're connecting with presence daily. It's just this thing that you're constantly interacting with. That way in moments when you're heightened emotionally or there's something going on, it's easier to locate wisdom. It's easier to locate the present moment. It's easier to locate truth. And maybe just think like what practices really help you do that. For me, it's like nature, playing music, um, meditation, of course, reading Buddhist texts, you know, whatever it is, talking to my best friend. So whatever it is, just constantly be interacting with those things that help you remember. Because remember, this isn't about beating ourselves up or being perfect. It's literally about we become what we practice. So if we're practicing ignorance or we're letting ourselves get caught more and more and more in confusion or being lost or, which by the way, I just want to say like life is confusing because a lot of it is unknown and that's okay. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the unknown actually, or uncertainty. That's very, very, very normal part of life. But what we do is we get lost in it. We get caught in it. And then we kind of like go down the deep, dark rabbit hole of it instead of, and we can practice that, that's ignorance, practicing ignorance, or we can practice coming back to our breath, or we can practice connecting with ourselves, with others, remembering that this is going to change and that this feeling isn't going to be here forever, practicing. It doesn't mean that the discomfort will go away, but it does mean that the more that we practice, the bigger our tolerance will be with being able to be uncomfortable. So anytime we're caught in ignorance, just remembering like, okay, what is actually true and how can I connect to wisdom right now? And maybe it's, I don't know, going outside, touching a tree. That often works for me. Or going outside barefoot. You know, just doing the thing that connects you to your wisest, truest self. Okay, the third is hatred, which I actually love this one because hatred is a very strong word, but really what they talk about in Buddhism is that the third evil hatred is just having aversion to anything. So anytime we have aversion where you are experiencing hatred. So if you're feeling aversion for something, that is a form of hatred. 
And we can feel aversion to ourselves. We can feel aversion to other people. We can feel aversion to a situation. We can feel aversion to um, an emotion. We can, you know, we can feel aversion to a lot of different things. And so it's really kind of cool to think about aversion as hatred because it makes aversion feel more intense and at least for me makes me want to work with it more and makes me want to soften around aversion because we're going to have aversion. We're all, every single human walking this earth has likes and has dislikes. We want the things we like and we don't want the things that we don't like. And maybe where we want to move toward, at least in the Buddhist context, is being able to peacefully be with whatever we find ourselves in in life. So that doesn't mean resigning. So we're not resigning ourselves. Um, which, by the way, um, ignorance, another way that ignorance is described often is like indifference, is like don't care. And then hatred is against me. This is against me. So we're not talking about indifference. Indifference, we care about things. And we don't have to act out our aversion to them. Because often when we have aversion, then we have body sensations, then we have thoughts, and then we have emotions, and then we get caught in story loops of like, oh, I did it again. I can't believe I did that. How did I do that again? Or, oh, he did it again. Why is he doing that again? I can't believe he's doing that again. He doesn't respect me, right? Like we get caught in aversion. We don't just notice it. Like if we just notice it, like, oh, I'm feeling aversion. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. What is aversion like? Well, I went to this party and no, they had no food I could eat. And it made me feel angry. Made me feel frustrated. Made me feel like nobody cares about me, right? Noticing what aversion is like. This person at work, they said something. My heart rate got up and I started getting warm and I found myself, you know, talking back to them in my head and right. Just noticing what aversion feels like labeling it, not getting so caught in it. A lot of times by the time we recognize that we're like in aversion, we have like, we have gone down the road a ways and we have comebacks and we have storylines and we have, um, what ifs and we have ultimatums and we have you know ways that we're gonna lash back and we have like all these things that we have created instead of just noticing in in that moment like oh i'm experiencing aversion okay nothing wrong with that it's very human very human all of these things are so human there's nothing wrong with them they're all a part of our makeup. They're all just a part of our human nature and we can begin to work with them so that we don't suffer as much. Okay, so so maybe think, where do I have hatred? Like for me, um, hatred shows up around my body. Hatred shows up sometimes around other women. Um, 
where I, I don't know, it's like competition. It's really my own insecurity, to be honest, but it, it presents itself as like kind of hatred toward others. I kind of have hatred toward others a lot of times. And it's like a fear of not having enough energy for people. And then I'm just kind of like, Ugh, people, you know, <laughs> um, where else does it show up? It can easily show up in my family. Um, just like feeling aversion. And then I think like body pain. Sometimes I'll have body pain and I'm like, Ugh, like I do not want this. And it's just, it's an act of hatred. It's an act of removing yourself from what's actually occurring it's a it's an act of turning away from and i really do believe that buddhism is like turning toward but not grabbing onto it is the act of turning toward seeing clearly what's going on and not grabbing onto it and we don't grab onto it for you know, different reasons. Sometimes we don't grab onto it because we are deeply aware that this is impermanent and it's going to change. And other times we don't grab onto it because we know that this is not good for us and it causes us to feel worse about ourselves and hurts our self-esteem. You know, we have different reasons why we don't grab on, but we always are facing toward so that we can really see what's going on. We can be open and wise about what's going on. Because I think to turn away, we often, you know, like things will persist if we just turn away all the time or we distract ourselves all the time. It's just, it persists. Like what's the quote? Um, what we resist persists. You know, it's like if you resist it and you keep turning from it, turning from it, those are the things that just stay when you can, if you can just look at things and actually understand them, then maybe they will dissolve or maybe they'll come up less frequently or maybe they won't feel like they're so um, heavy or they're so imprisoning. And so let's talk about how to work with hatred. Um, so the number one way that in Buddhism they talk about working with hatred is metta. M-E-T-T-A, and it just means loving kindness. So whenever we're noticing that we're feeling resistance or we're feeling kind of this aversion, this turning away from energy, we can give ourselves time and permission to bring in love and to bring in kindness and to be kind to ourselves and to be kind to others and to be kind to the situation and to observe it with the kindest heart that we can, the kindest eyes that we can, the kindest attention that we can. And we can learn to just look at life with kind attention. There will be things in life that we don't like. And there will be things in life that we love. And how can we just look at all things that come our way in life with the same kind attention, with the same 
wisdom and with the same practices of being generous, generous to ourselves, generous to others, and generous to the life around us. Until next time.